Welcome to Tyloo's Soccer Cast. With me today, I have my roommate and lifelong Chelsea fan, Will Harrison, a.k.a. Mala Mill. I don't know if he wants to be called that. We'll see where this episode progresses and what we're going to call him. Probably nonce or dumbass. We're just going to have to see. The focus of this episode is to discuss Chelsea. Chelsea have gone through a huge transformation this summer, this year, new management, new owners, and I'm going to get this fan's opinion of it. He's been watching Chelsea for years. I trust no one else to give me such a good opinions about it, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Um, so, Will, the first place I want to start is your thoughts about Todd Bowley. This can spiral anywhere, but I want to know what you think about from when he started and what he's done, where you think he's going. There hasn't really been anything that's been said, but what you've noticed, what do you think's going on with the club? And how do you think Todd Bowley's doing? Yeah, thank you, Tyler. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, in terms of Todd Bowley, um, it's hard to say because obviously if you ask about players, um, it's very easy to see their performance, uh, whereas Todd Bully, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you don't see. Um, and so, uh, but one thing that you do see is the sacking of Thomas Tuchel that was very uh, public and obvious, um, which was hard to take from uh, my perspective. Um because he was such a serial winner. And, uh, you know, with Graham Potter coming in, I mean, with Abramovich, it was no no secret that, you know, he would trash a, a manager uh, anytime just if they had a span of a couple games. Uh, and I think Todd Bowley uh, tried to implement that as well. Um, but uh, he's tried to make a lot of statement signings. Obviously, he has a lot of money. Um, so, uh, you know, in the transfer window and upcoming in January, from what I've heard of, uh, who we're going to sign, um, who we already have signed, um, I think he's trying to make a lot of statement signings to have the fan base behind him. Um, but I've also seen a lot of, uh, a lot of talks about possibly now with the state of Chelsea with Potter possibly being sacked. So um, it's very, uh, very annoying uh, when you have, you know, my best friend as a Liverpool fan, uh, Mr. Ty Lu, but, um, and they had give Klopp years and years and years, you know, it's the seventh season. They weren't great at the beginning. Um, you can't just expect a manager to come in and just have uh, success. Um, and you see... Uh, you see Mikel Arteta. He had the, like, worst time <laughs> trying to uh, get Arsenal started, and now they're, they're on a definite ho- uh, hot streak. Um, so it's hard to say on the topic of, of Todd Bowley. Um, uh, I think he's trying to get the fan base behind him, and I think he's trying to make a lot of statement signings. Um, but if we, we signed Potter, I've heard that we signed Potter to be – our manager because they wanted 
him for the long term. And now it's been <laughs> not even a season, and they're already talking about sacking him because he's not doing well. So um, I don't know that it's, you know, with Todd Bully, I, 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 it's hard to say. Um, I think it's just frustrating of ownership with what happened with Russia and Ukraine with Abramovich leaving and, and Bully coming in. So I like how you mentioned how kind of like the Liverpool, even Man City model about bringing in a manager, having them there for years. They develop a team based on their ideologies, the players that they want. They've had rough starts, maybe not Pep. Pep came in blessed with Artie, a pretty sick squad with KDB, uh, Sergio Aguero, Fernandinho. But more in the terms of like Jurgen Klopp, maybe on the level where Chelsea's at right now, where they they still have some building to do. They have talent, but it just needs direction. Now, in terms of Grand Potter, you said there's already been news or rumors about him getting sacked by Todd Bowley, maybe even the athletic director. I don't know if y'all have signed one yet. But do you think Graham Potter, based on what you've seen, based on what maybe you know about his previous stints at like Brighton where Brighton were pretty ass when he came in, but look at where they are today. Do you think he should be given more time or do you think he's a good manager or there needs to be someone else, maybe with a little bit more experience with bigger clubs that needs to come in? Yeah, and um, I think he I think he needs uh, more time uh, because, I mean, when you look at all the successful, I mean, you look at, Frank Lampard, you know, coming in uh, to Chelsea, and now he's at Everton with a, let's be honest, less talented squad to deal with. Um, and, you know, they're talking about, you know, sacking him, Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa, and just not giving them uh, any time at all. Um, but it's almost like the mid-table teams that are supposed to be mid-table teams, like at Liverpool and, you know, that what was it, 2013, 2014, 2015 era where they were kind of just happy at 8th and 10th and just kind of cruising um, where uh, they just had, you know, a manager come in and they were like, yeah, no, it's fine getting mid-table. Um, but when you, you're at such a big club of Chelsea um, and you're expected to be at top four every single season – and you're just like, well, this one's not working for a couple of weeks. Let's get a new one in. Um, I think we've been doing that for way too long. And in, we're, I mean, we hadn't won since Antonio Conte. Um, and again, he won one and then uh, one title. Uh, I honestly think it's more of the player collection than it is the manager. But maybe that's, you know, ignorance of a non-professional footballer uh, speaking. Um, but we just keep sorry. I mean, we, we keep, uh, Maurizio, sorry. We just keep switching, um, the managers and nothing's really changing. I mean, we'll get top four, sure, get play in the Champions League. Um, and we had Thomas Tuchel who was winning us trophies. Um, but of course he had a bad stretch and, you know, you're at Chelsea, it's ruthless, and the fans are ruthless, and, but I, I honestly think 
if Todd Bowley and uh, the rest of the board are thinking, hey, Graham Potter's our guy, this is a long-term solution, um, I think we should give him that time, and it, it, it's going to – it's a period of time where it's going to suck. But, um, I mean, unless it goes if, – if they're pushing relegation, you know, then, yeah. okay, that's – it's time to change. But, like, you know, if, if we're around eighth kind of win, loss, tie, win, loss, tie, just kind of in the middle, I think we just need to give them time. Honestly, like, you don't have time uh, in the Premier League at such a big club, but, like, I mean, Arsenal did it, Liverpool did it. I mean, you just you, you need you need time, um, and I think that's also what Manchester United are running into. I mean, they wanted to sack Ten Hag, and uh, it's just it's it's very frustrating. But uh, these teams need time to develop uh, under a uh, healthy management. Really, um, sorry, I'm... I think it's important. So. If you look at the case for like Liverpool and Man City, people might have thought that like they're the anomaly. Like they're the biggest teams, like they maybe not Manchester City having like a great history, but Liverpool, like of course they're gonna come up and be these big clubs, like and yeah, they've had these managers for years, but they've always had the infrastructure in place to be big. And even though Arsenal has had the history, they haven't been good in recent years, it's almost like they're proof that keeping a manager, having them build their team, especially a manager that has experience, kind of shows that this method of having a man manager, a long-term manager, is actually a very viable option. And yes, Arteta had a shit season, first season and second season, third season, he's in first in the Premier League, eight points against Man City. That's pretty impressive for his third season. He was given belief, he was given faith. And I think maybe Graham Potter, I think he has what it takes. I think he's still learning. He hasn't been in a club as big as Chelsea yet. Obviously, you're right about if they're pushing like bottom bottom half of the league, I think there needs to be considerations about his tactics and everything. And I'm kind of going to ask you about that in a second, about what you think about his tactics. But overall, I do think Chelsea are trying to move in a, in a position to kind of go to that long-term route, which is why I think they went to Graham Potter. And that's why I wanted to get your opinion about about what you thought about him being the man to lead them there. Because, you know, you look at Thomas Tuchel, Antonio Conte, Sarri, like all these big guys, they have had great success not just at Chelsea but at other clubs too, which is why they were brought in. But they weren't necessarily given the time to replicate their success. And... Graham Potter might be the one who doesn't have success at the start, but might gain it in the future. So I'm excited to see how Chelsea progress in the next couple of years, especially if Todd Bowley's serious about creating a long-term project, which I think a lot of clubs are starting to do that. They're, I even dare say that's what Barcelona, Barcelona are doing with Xavi, club legend. His tactics aren't bad. They're first in La Liga right now. They might be in the Europa League. People might shit on them for that. They didn't have the easiest group. Inter Milan, they, I think they won their league title last season. Obviously, Bayern Munich isn't going fucking anywhere. Bayern Munich are sick. And I think it's unfair for him to be judged based on that. But you see a definitely more of a trend of these long-term managers. And I think that's the direction Chelsea are wanting to go in. 
Now, more on the case of Graham Potter, tactics-wise, positioning, where you've seen players plays that you're surprised about. Like, what do you think his tactics have been like this season? Good, bad, ugly? Where do you stand? Yeah, well, um, people were, at the end of Thomas Tuchel's reign, um, were criticizing um, people out of position, um, you know, for the players that we had with with uh, Werner and our attack was just not producing. And they were like, oh, my gosh, we need um, we need a new manager because, uh, you know, he's playing Pulisic at right back and, and Ziyech at, um, and, at left wing back. And um, it's it's he gets criticized for that and then leaves. And then we we're like, OK, we need to sign a new manager. Well, we signed Graham Potter, and what does he do? Very similar things. He's also trying to learn. I also think he's trying to learn uh, at Chelsea. Um, right now, we keep switching uh, formations, uh, going between a three-slash-five back to um, a four-back. And it's almost like we play one game with a four-back, and, oh, my gosh, it works so well against – uh, Brentford or whatever the case may be, and well, I swear to God, one game I literally saw that y'all it on the app that I was using the Premier League app. I saw four three three, and I blinked, and it was like a five four one or something crazy like that. Like it just changed in an instant. I don't know if that had anything to do with what you're talking about, but it was just like a weird position change out of nowhere. Yeah, and, and with players like Havertz and, and Aubameyang and Broya, um, I think that uh, the versatility uh, is great. Mount plays, you know, wing, and he can play, um, you know, six, eight, ten, um, you know, all, all through the midfield. Um, and it's great, but then no one really gets used to anything. No one ever gets, like, in the swing of in a consistency of – uh, playing uh, where they should and, and having the same role. Um, so, I don't know. I think with, with tactics, I think Chelsea has not had an attack since really Diego Costa um, and, and, and Eden Hazard. Um, we just have not been clinical. Um, and, I mean, we can have you know, defense, Kappa, uh, Mendy, um, and uh, Thiago Silva, like Koulibaly, like all these great signings, um, I think that uh, are really helpful for us. But just it's it's in the attack where we'll be on uh, we'll be on the run and on the break on the counter, and it'll be like you know three v two or whatever it may be. And at least like take a shot, but no, they stop and they come back to the midfield, and the midfield goes back to the uh, the center backs, and you can hear off the TV the fans groaning. I mean, it's just like it's so possession based that we're not getting any attack off, and so when we play these teams like recently Nottingham Forest, that kind of just play in spurts, but also just ultimately sit back and defend, then we're just kind of passing around the box, passing around the box. We don't get any shots off. There's no 
bite in our attack, which I hope that um, signings will help with, uh, hopefully in the January, if not in the summer uh, transfer window. Yeah, and I've noticed y'all, like a lot of the signings y'all have had recently have been very defensive-based. I know uh, the new Fafana, you already had one. The new one, uh, from what I just saw, is like an Ivorian, but he's a forward. Maybe a number nine position might take over Havertz's job. I know Havertz is kind of like everywhere all over the field. You could pl- you could put him as a 10. You can have him as a 9. I think I've even seen him. I could be mistaken as like a left winger, kind of like an 11 or 7 type of guy. But like bringing in a new striker, like a true number 9. Havertz, I, he's a great talent. He's young. I think he has a lot going for him. But he doesn't seem like he has the number nine qualities. I think he's more of a playmaker kind of guy. Like, I think he's good on the ball. He can really, like, open up play. But kind of, like, isolating him to, like, being at the top, I think was really limiting his game. So do you think this new guy, Fafana, has... I've never seen him play. I don't know. I've never even heard of him. Do you think maybe he might have the chance of kind of freeing up Havertz to be more of, like, a 10 and really, like, opening up the game for him? And even other players as well. And I know y'all have also just signed like a new center back. Like, what do you think about your defense? Do you think that really needs a signing? I know Thiago Silva, godly center back, has been doing so well for y'all for so long. But how has the other center back position really been doubtful for you? Like, what are your feelings on like your defensive and offensive transfers? Do you think one needs more than the other, or do you think it just kind of like we're you're spending more than you need to on some areas. Well, I think the fact that um, so far Holland has scored more Chelsea more goals than Chelsea um, combined this season um, tells you that the fans are really uh, really wanting to see Chelsea's attack uh, reborn um, since you know Eden Hazard and Pedro and William have have left. Um, with the signing of Fafana, I'm excited because he there's a lot of promise behind him. Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, or fortunately, he doesn't have a big name behind him. Like you said, you've never heard of him. Um, I I have seen some of his, his highlights and they look good. Obviously, highlights, but you know, so did Timo Werner. So. Um, the Premier League, it's so unpredictable. I mean, you, you talk about Havertz not being a true nine, and I totally agree with that. And he said in an interview that his uh, best position was number eight. Um, and so, you know, playing in the midfield, so that might free him up to play his best position. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you think in recent years, we've now signed a Bummyang, Lukaku, um, and uh, Broya, I mean, Broya's kind of uh, an academy talent. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that friendly versus Aston Villa, he you know, had, I think, a season-ending uh, knee injury. Um, but uh, Iguain, I mean, just like world-class strikers that just don't work at Chelsea. And I, it like, they're just, I don't know if it's the sort of possession-based no crossing, just trying to drive it through the center. Maybe that just comes back to midfield, and maybe that um, will help with, like, you know, the signing of Enzo Fernandez. The fact that we haven't had N'Golo Conte with his legs in the middle 
um, could also be a contributing factor. With uh, in terms of defense, uh, Thiago Silva was uh, is 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 brilliant um, with leaving uh, Mark Alonso and uh, coming in with Kukurea. James and Chilwell cannot stay healthy. Um, poor guys. Uh, obviously, uh, I love their productivity, um, and I feel like that's when we're at our best is when we have wing backs or outside backs that uh, are productive like James and Chilwell. I don't think Kukurea has proved his worth yet, especially with that price tag on him. Fafana, uh, the defender... <laughs> Wesley Fafana um, immediately, almost immediately hurt. Um, very frustrating, you know, after he came off that uh, season-ending leg break at Leicester. Um, very frustrating, but, I mean, signing of Koulibaly, he's been good. Um, there's a lot of chances with him. A lot of He's great in the box uh, offensively, like on headers, same with defense headers. Um but uh, he's made a lot of great tackles, um, and it's the same as I saw with N'Golo Conte in the very beginning. I remember the first time I watched N'Golo Conte, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy sucks. He's just like a walking yellow card because he's just going into tackles. Um, but uh, there's also just a lot of uh, great tackles that uh, he's made for us. Trevor Chalaba, um, I think uh, – is promising. He's not exactly getting the playing time he wants right now. Um, Aspilicueta is coming to a little bit of an end of his career. Um, I still think he gives 110%, and I would much rather have that out there than some big ego that um, doesn't. But uh, with the money that we have spent uh, this past transfer window on defense, would much rather see... Um, which I believe it's a done deal, and, and Cuckoo kind of come in, uh, hopefully play sort of like a number 10 position um, or striker. Um, wouldn't be mad at that, but uh, a number 10 position because he can shoot outside the box. Um, and I would love to uh, obviously just see you know, the strikers, see what Fafana can do, um, but it's also all also great to have reinforcements like in the back with the um, I believe it's the Monaco uh, center back um, that we just kind of agree to, agree to deal with. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't exactly read up on that, but um, I mean, Zhao Felix rumored, uh, Rafael Leao rumored. I mean, there's until it's a done deal like Fofana. Uh, but yeah, I, I am excited for him and I think that uh, I hope that he can do a better job than the uh, cursed number nine other predecessors before yeah. so uh, but yeah I do think it is pretty incredible how you have players like Aubameyang Aubameyang he has kind of had a rough career in the Premier League I think he had a flying start but he's just kind of gone downhill Barcelona he shot back up he's kind of a confusing player like I know I know he is a good player but I just feel like he's inconsistent with his game and maybe it's just like the tactics don't fit him like you were saying like if it's more of a possession base that might not be what his forte is so to speak now in terms of like possession or not possession like formations like I've I've seen 
that y'all have kind of been on a pretty consistent basis of at least getting like a win or a draw. And some of the main guys I've seen, Graham Potter specifically saying that for this past game against Bournemouth, he wanted Pulisic, Havertz, and Sterling in the front three. Um, Mount, a couple of the midfields. I'm going to let you finish this. But, like, my question is, like, who is your trusted starting 11? Maybe it's people that... Graham Potter's not giving a chance to that you want to see more of. Maybe he's getting these players right now that you think do deserve the chance that they're having and they've really shown it. But like who is like your your starting team? It doesn't have to be a full eleven, but some players you definitely like seeing out there. You get excited. You know they're gonna play well. You know they're gonna give it their all, or at least like they're gonna be game changing players. Like who are those certain guys? Maybe it is a full eleven, but yeah, so do you you mean a healthy one eleven right now? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Or no if it's it could be unhealthy. Uh, no, do healthy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So healthy, um I'm gonna go right now with form. I'm actually gonna go with Keppa at the back. Um and then uh I would say with what we've been doing right now, I would say probably a four-three-three, um, with one defensive mid- midfielder uh, into more attacking. Um, I would s- probably put Tiago Silva and uh, Koulibaly, uh as the center backs right now, uh, which is what we're doing. We've been doing um, Kukure at the left. Unfortunately, we don't have Chilwell. Um, and uh, I would probably put Aspilicueta at right back, um, obviously with James Hurt. Um, I would, hmm, I would probably right now healthy. I would put Jorginho as the pivot. Um, he's not the best defender, um, but in possession his distribution has uh, proved game changing um, again it's hard to say for like the 8 and 10 role uh, or even the double 8 um, I would say Mount and Kovacic um, Kovacic didn't play well against Nottingham Forest it was very frustrating to see um, it all just really depends on who the opponent is we're playing and how to break them down. Um, and then I would put, again, form right now, Ziek at right, um, and Havertz up top, and ooh, who to put at the left? Probably Pulisic. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm... You were about to commit treason. <laughs> yeah. Not say Pulisic. <laughs> yeah. Um... But that's leaving out Aubameyang. That's leaving out Sterling. Um, Loftus-Cheek coming off. I think um, probably top three subs to come in for game-changing is uh, Aubameyang, Sterling, and Connor Gallagher. Um, I think Connor Gallagher is an exceptional uh, workhorse that uh, can come in and change games, but then... You know, he comes in in Nottingham Forest and 
does not perform and just fouls and uh, which of course no one really had a great game that that game uh, besides Pulisic that comes to mind um, but yeah that would probably be my starting 11 and and top three subs that I would like to see come in yeah I gotta agree about the whole Sterling thing I don't really see him being a starter anymore I do think he is a great player he has a great he's had a great career at Man City Liverpool shouldn't have left but I do think it is fair to maybe put him on the bench a couple games and see what Ziyech can do I do think Ziyech deserves a chance especially after his World Cup he had a pretty good a lot of really good performances not pretty good a lot of really good performances for Morocco and I really want to see him having more of a role in that attack because I don't think he's really been given the chance that he deserves necessarily. Now, I'm going to ask you some hardball questions. So we've talked about a lot of transfers. Let's talk about selling players. I'm not asking... Let's just... I want a couple different players who you think need to be sold, who you think should be replaced. Maybe it could be for the money, like Ooh, Havertz, he's really good, but has he really been the player that we thought he was going to be? There might be a pl- like a club that will take him for like 50 million pounds or f- however many dollars. Like it doesn't have to be him, but is there any players you're like I think we should sell them and either upgrade, try something new? What are your thoughts on that? Um unfortunately, <laughs> dang, that's a hard question. Um <laughs> I would probably say I like Connor Gallagher, um, but I feel like we could get a lot of money for him. Um, uh, yeah, I think we could get a lot of money for him. I'd prob- especially he's not getting playing time. That that would probably um, and be a good selling opportunity. With the Monaco defender coming in, um, I dare say Trevor Chalaba. I love Trevor, but like, I again, that young um, uh, potential that he has, I think that he. Right, exactly. We could get um, some decent money for him. Uh, I think. Even possibly Keppa um, with Slamina coming in uh, in this in the January transfer market. You wouldn't uh, say Mendy. I wouldn't say Mendy. No, I think um, it. I still see Mendy as the number one and Keppa as the number two. But right now, the number two is in better form. Um, but in terms of like the long run, we've seen Keppa's. You know, confidence take a toll, um, and same with Mendy. But um, my third sell, if he hadn't have just torn his ACL, uh, I would go with Broya, um, simply because he has not played, he has not produced for Chelsea. He produced for Southampton when he was on loan. Um, I think he's proved himself there. But uh, that's also a common Chelsea theme of, Sending 
big players, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Connor Gallagher, Broya out on loan to other Premier League teams. And guess what? They come back and sit on the bench. And then when they get off on the field, they they can't perform. And uh, I, I'm assuming that's tactics. I, that might be um, you know, dressing room problems. That might be uh, manager problems, going back to what we talked about earlier. Um, but very frustrating. But I would say those three possibly even Jorginho kind of getting a little bit older. Um, I don't know who would pay that much money for Jorginho now, but um, I think, I think yes. Um, but I would, if Conte wasn't so hurt all the time, I would love to have Conte back. Um, but... Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really excited for uh, the future of Chelsea with the academy. I mean, such amazing uh, prospects there with Hutchinson and um, Rankin. With seeing them play, I hope they get the chance just like, say, Billy Gilmore did. Um, and, of course, all those academy Frank Lampard um, pull-ups from, from the squad. Um, but, yeah, I would probably go with them. I definitely see the case for Jorginho, though. I could see him getting older. I saw cheeky little rumor, Newcastle United. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't come back to sting you on the ass if he goes. But, yeah, I think you gave some really great picks. Um, those are definitely players you can get money for. But now, recently, very recently, as of, like, the past couple days, there's been a lot of rumors about Enzo Fernandez. 137 million pounds Todd Bowley is willing to spend on this Benfica midfielder. For those who might not know, I'm sure most people do, Enzo Fernandez plays for Benfica. Just came off a World Cup win with Argentina. Young player of the tournament. Workhorse. Got some, I think he got a pretty sick goal against Mexico. One touch. Curled it back of the net. Um... He solidified his start in the spotting line, or he solidified his spot in the starting lineup. And now he's definitely one of the hottest talents in Europe right now. Like I said, clubs willing to play 137 million. I saw Liverpool were willing to pay his uh, buyout clause of like 120 million. Like clubs want him because they see his potential. He's lighting up Liga Nos with Benfica, and it's looking like right now Chelsea are going to be the team to get him. So what are your thoughts on getting Enzo Fernandez? How do you, do you think he'll fit in well? Do you think he'll transform the midfield? Like where do you see him in the club as of right now if he were to start? Yeah, and it's so hard, uh, like I said earlier with the Premier League, to, to predict that sort of thing because uh, not only that, but we're also, again, getting in Cuckoo, getting, you know, Fafana. Um, how are they going to, are they just going to magically, you know, come together and create this, you know, wonderful trio of, you know, productivity? I, I, I don't know. Um, I like players like Enzo. I like um, players like Connor Gallagher that are just workhorses that Conte's um, that will just work for you. I, I can't stand having you know, cancers on the team that are just like, 
you know, all about themselves. No offense, Darwin Nunez, but, um, <laughs> uh, but also, I mean, like Diego Costa and Lukaku and honestly, Giroud, like, I know that's probably not great for me to say because of how uh, productive they could have been and, and like Giroud was um, for us. But I would rather build a team from the ground up with workhorses than just have instant success with seeing absolute huge egos out there. Um, and I mean, it's just the most frustrating thing to see as a fan. Um, yeah, no, I think um, Enzo, uh, I don't think he will worry. I think like Havertz, he'll have a little bit of a buffer period. Um where I think he will be productive for us. Um, there's going to be a lot of media stick about him because of his price tag. Um, but just like Havertz, I think, you know, being relatively humble and just, you know, working hard, I, I don't see uh, the price tag really affecting his mentality. And I have seen that he has now, like, he's pushing for the move. Um but no, I think I think he'll fit in well um, with what we already have, and I really hope that he fits in. More importantly, with our new newer signings uh, that we'll be getting uh, not only in January but uh, in the summer uh, as well. From uh, you know, who knows who who will get there? I mean, there's there's obviously like long term, like Rafael Leao and. Um, Declan Rice has been a long-term target for Chelsea, but uh, I'm really not sure uh, how all those will work out. But I I, I also don't see that as completely the manager's fault sometimes. And people blame it on the managers and blame it on the managers, but it's just not... uh, I see it a lot as as the players and if, if their styles fit together, which... You know, sometimes has to do with who the manager wants to sign, but as we saw with Lampard and Thomas Tuchel, sometimes it's not up to the managers who they sign. You know, sometimes it's the board, sometimes it's Todd Bowley, sometimes you know. Um, so sometimes a little bit frustrating there, but uh, no, I think Enzo, I think Enzo will do well. I really want to point out what you said about the whole manager thing. Sometimes it's not just the manager, so. I don't like Manchester United. I'm a Liverpool fan. This guy right here especially doesn't like Manchester United. I'm sure he'll tell you in a second. Manchester United, I can't tell you how many managers they have gone through in the past five or six years. They've been pretty bad. Now, Ronaldo got a lot of shtick for his little Pierce Morgan interview, talking crap about the club. Do I think he should have done that? No. There could have been healthier ways to do it. I think it really showed how sometimes it is not just the manager that is responsible for bad results. I think Ronaldo showed that there is stuff going behind going on behind the scenes. Lawton recently came out and said there's stuff going on behind the scenes. Jose Mourinho said that the club culture is just not there. There's some. They're, they're all saying something's going on. No one knows. There's like a cancer somewhere. Everybody's saying it's the Glazers. They're now rumored to sell the club. But I think that's important what you said about sometimes it's not just the manager. And sometimes it pisses me off when I see managers get blamed for a player's shitty attitude and performance. 
damn, I was scared. I'm still kind of nervous for Jurgen Klopp. I think Jurgen Klopp's a great clo- great coach. But looking at li- these Liverpool performances, it's like, oh God, like it's not it's not his fault. Like I'm sure the tactics are the same. It's just his players are older. It's like different now. And hopefully that doesn't take a toll on him. But this isn't about Liverpool. I'm not going to go and rant like that. But I think I like what you said about sometimes it's not just the manager. There's other things going on. Moving on, another big thing about Chelsea this season, going on the next round of the Champions League. I think, if I'm not mistaken, y'all finished first in your group. Uh, little Y'all got a tie. I think it was the first game. Grand Potter was in charge. A little bit worrisome. Y'all won the rest of your games, finished at the top. Where do you see Chelsea, and how do, or how do you see them doing in the Champions League the rest of the season? Um, that is, that is, um, a depressing topic (laughs) for a Chelsea fan. Um, obviously with us playing, uh, Dortmund, is Dortmund, right? I believe it is. Yeah, we're playing Dortmund. Um, that's not going to be an easy opponent, um, to try and, uh, try and overcome, but, uh, I mean, I uh, I really kind of think we got an easy route winning with Thomas Tuchel. Like, yeah, Thomas did great, but uh, I I don't think that it was um, anything other than I mean, we yeah we did have to play Real Madrid, yeah we did have to play Man City, but I mean we had uh, I can't remember who we had in the round of sixteen, but then we played Porto um, in the Elite Eight, and then. Uh, we played Real Madrid and then uh, Man City, which obviously Chelsea plays Man City regularly. Um, but, um, gosh, in terms of the Champions League, I, in our form, I unfortunately just I don't see us going that far. And real quick, I just want to say it looks depressing. Of all teams, Tottenham made it to the final in 2019. We all know how much Tottenham bottled everything. I I never discount any team from uh, doing well in the Champions League. I mean, Real Madrid last year won. They looked pretty unconvincing a few games. They obviously outworked the other teams. They got the results. They obviously won, but I feel like looks can be deceiving in terms of like performances with some things but like Chelsea could they be a dark horse maybe Graham Potter's saving all his tack like saving all the stuff for the Champions League who knows I don't think it's the case because he would be doing it in the prim right now but hey you can't you can never discount any team in the Champions League yeah no and I uh, you're correct but at the same time I uh the only reason I'm like not convinced uh, with us going through with the Champions League uh, is the other teams that made it, <laughs> and um, I'm not really even sure who our path would be if we were to beat Dortmund. Um, but really, I think I don't even know if it was a tie our first game with under Grand Potter. It was either a tie or a loss against Dino, uh, Dinamo Zagreb, um, and then we like kept tying against Salzburg and um, then we turned up against AC Milan and uh, so it's 
been kind of a running theme of Chelsea's for a while to show up in big games and then uh, play teams that aren't so good and uh, are supposed to be that good and uh, really bottle it um, as we're watching 5-2 Chelsea West Brom highlights. <laughs> um, and uh, But, hey, I mean, Dortmund's a, Dortmund's a big team. They've been doing well with uh, Mokoko. Um, and, and Bellingham, uh, he's not gone yet. Um, so I'm, I'm not, not, a, I, I'm excited for it in the sense of, I hope it's going to be, I hope we're going to give a good fight and it's going to be a good game. But, um, in terms of confidence level, I'm probably not, probably not the most confident. I gotta say a teardrop. I understood the whole. We play. We do good on the big occasions. Liverpool beat Napoli in the Champions League by some miracle, and we lose the freaking Nottingham Forest after we beat Man City one zero. I don't understand. I don't understand, dude. It sucks being a Liverpool fan sometimes. No, it sucks being a Liverpool fan this season. I don't understand any of it. So I'm gonna give my thoughts about some of the Chelsea players and how they're playing this season. And I'm going to hand it back to you. I'm going to see what you think. I'm going to see if it changes anything you perceive. or You could say you're dead wrong. I don't believe that. I watch the games more than you. I know more than you do. But this is just what I think about it. So, in terms of formation, I know that Graham Potter in the past has been one of those managers that likes to transform players out of positions, give them something new. I don't think he's going to be doing that with some of the bigger names now. Like, you can get away with it with some of the people who haven't really developed in their positions. But, like, if you're trying to turn Raheem Sterling into a left wing back, hell no. That's not going to happen. I don't think that's... Sterling has had too much of a developed career as, like, a left winger, right winger. He stays up. He likes to create. Don't ask him to come back. He needs to stay up. And I noticed in one game, I think I was watching the Salzburg-Chelsea Champions League match. We all did kind of shift into like a four-back where Kukurea kind of went off to the left side. It allowed Sterling to go up. But I think that also allowed Salzburg to kind of expose that a little bit. So formation-wise, I think you're right. You said 4-3-3 was the position you said y'all liked best. I agree with that. I mean, obviously, you didn't want to finish 1-1 against uh, your previous opponent, Bournemouth. And it wasn't Bournemouth, was it? Nottingham Forest. I mean, Nottingham Forest aren't a great team. They didn't play horrible, but Chelsea definitely should have won. But they definitely showed more promise than they would have in the previous seasons. Um, In terms of players, I'm not just saying this because I'm American. I like Pulisic out there. I think he plays well. I think he works hard. I think he's good on the ball. He's got a good relationship with Havertz. He's got a good relationship with Mount. That's developed some pretty good chemistry between them. Um, on the right, I want to see I want to see Hakim Ziyech out there. Sterling hasn't been as convincing as he has been in previous seasons. He used to be the king of Man City. Well, I shouldn't say that. He used to be one of City's top players, top attackers. He's just not that guy anymore. I think it's not like his career is over. I still think he has a lot of potential that can be unleashed. 
and he can do really well for the attack. But he needs to earn it. He needs to fight for it. He needs something to fight for. And if you give Ziyech that position over him, Ziyech's prob- he's been wanting that position for so long. I reward him for it, see what he does. I saw in the game against Nottingham Forest, he had a really good cross to Aubameyang. Of course, classic Aubameyang fashion, botches it. But it was such a good cross. It was so clinical. And I've never seen a player do as many besides Kevin De Bruyne, Hakeem Ziyech is a very good crosser of the ball. He's very good at sending it, direct with it, precise. I think Chelsea need more of that out there. In terms of striker, um, Havertz hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been great. Am I convinced by Aubameyang? Not really. I say Havertz needs to stick up there for a little bit. I don't know what a what Aubameyang's best positions are. I don't know the best formation tactics for him to play in. He should be, he is a great goal scorer. He's shown it in the past. He's not showing it right now. Has he has he really been given a chance? Has how many games has he really started? That's I don't know. Maybe maybe do start him a few more games. Get maybe Grand Potter needs to get reckless at this point in the season. They're already in eighth. Obviously, you want to get higher in the table, but if whatever's working striker-wise isn't working now, get reckless. Put put a bombing up there. See what happens. If it doesn't work after like four games, stick Havertz. Havertz is old reliable. Is he going to get you goals every game? Not necessarily, but he can at least set you up for some possibly. Um, center mid, I think y'all need Conte back. Con- any team would take Conte. Um, he's just... I mean, besides being the sweetest guy in Europe, he is a workhorse. He's good defensively. He's good on the ball. He's aggressive. He's strong. He can keep it. I think he's really been one of the best Chelsea midfielders, if not the best Chelsea midfielder of the past, like, five or six years or the amount of time that he's been there. He's really solidified his name in there. Um, Mason Mount, hard hard to count against him. Does he always produce? No, but he tries. He takes shots. He's selfish when he needs to be. Sometimes he needs to be less self. He's not necessarily selfish, but he does good on the ball. He needs to make better decisions is what I'm trying to say. But I think he's kind of also solidified his place. The other center mid position, I've seen Jorginho, Kovacic, um... There's another player I've seen, Loftus Cheek, kind of being thrown in there. I feel like the third midfield spot is kind of up for grabs right now. So Mason Mount's pretty much solidified. I guess Jorginho has pretty much got his solidified. I should say Zakaria, yeah, he has been starting. I think he's been playing really well. I'm excited for y'all for him because he does look good. I don't. He's not necessarily just like an attacking player, but. I think he does really good defensively. Um, I know there was like he didn't start like the, he wasn't playing at all the first half of the season or whatever, and people were kind of pissed. But now he's kind of like he's shown what he can do, and he's like, I think he's kind of solidifying him as that third position, and then that might put Jorginho's spot up for grabs if he leaves or if there's someone that can do it better than him. Maybe Conte comes back, do that in the loop. Defense. I noticed a lot of what you were saying. Like, it's just, eh, like, Kukurea, he's 
he works hard. Does it doesn't mean he does well. Like he sometimes reckless, makes reckless decisions. He likes to keep the ball. I notice he goes back to the goalkeeper a lot. He always goes back. He doesn't always try to open himself up to go forward. Even if there was a player, I've seen other players at least attempt to go forward, even though there's a player on coming. But he's he's conservative. He likes to go back. Um, center backs, you can't take Diago Silva out. He's the leader. I don't. That would be dumb if he's not in the starting lineup, and it's not like he's done anything dumb enough to get himself out of the lineup. The other center back position, I again say that's up for grabs. Um, I don't really, I haven't really seen anybody that's like, wow, like he needs the pair. Like Chalaba, he's he's done well. He's young, not really the starter. Bafana, we'll see what he does when he gets back from injury. He's fast. Um, I think that position is really up for grabs. The other center back position, hmm? Kulabali. Kulabali's a vet. Played Napoli. I think he'll be. I think he's really good. A little bit inconsistent this season, for sure. Like you were saying, and then right back. If Reese James isn't hurt. He's starting there, no question. I think Reese James is one of the gems of this Chelsea team. In terms of goalkeeper, obviously Kepa's the starter because Mindy's kind of fallen into some bad form. Mindy, Mindy didn't do necessarily bad in the World Cup, but he's not. he didn't do great either. I think Kepa's really done a good job kind of filling in that spot. He's made some good saves. And, man, after he really, like, almost blew his career he kind of reignited it and I wonder you were kind of saying you would sell Kepa I wonder where he would go like maybe he could make it wouldn't be lateral I wonder he'd probably go down to another team like a Newcastle type of team like growing but I think he still has a career ahead of him he's kind of reinvigorated himself but that's kind of my takes on the Chelsea team this is your time to rip me apart I don't care. Let loose. Tell me I'm dumb. I just this is what I've seen. This is what I think, and I'm kind of curious what you think of my opinions. And I might snag the mic in a sec to kind of like take back what I said, or maybe add something new. But what do you think? Yeah. So um, I guess I'll just start from the back and go up. Um, trying to remember all of what you had said, um, but. Uh, Kepa, um, I think he can be when his confidence is up. He can be a great uh, shot stopper, and he's great on his feet. That's one thing Mendy is not, <laughs> is is great on his feet. Um, but, I mean, Mendy is a phenomenal shot stopper um, and gotten us out of some really bad uh, situations. In terms of center backs, um, I think... Koulibaly has he has been inconsistent um, but I think he's in my opinion done better than what you have made it out to be um, I don't think he's Rudiger I don't think he's a replacement for Rudiger like you know equal um, to what his form was uh, at Chelsea um, and uh, Thiago Silva I just I I since that 5-2 loss at West Brom, I have not seen him put a foot wrong. Um, and in terms of 
outside backs, Kukurea, you're right. I just I I haven't seen him really assist anyone. I haven't seen him do any huge critical passes, but another thing I want to say about Kukurea is like he was under Graham Potter at Brighton and he won like defender of the year or something crazy. He was in the attack. I think he got like second most assists for a defender in the Premier League that season, last season, and kind of like where he's at now, it it looks like he's a shadow of what he was. Like it's almost like he's turning into a different player. He has the potential to do like great in the attack, but for some reason it's just like not working right now. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, we wanted Kukurea before Brighton, and we had him on our watch list and almost got him before he went to Brighton. And uh, when he was at, um, I think he was on, on loan at Barcelona uh, from Fete, I don't know. Um, but we were looking at him, and uh, so it's it's really frustrating to see him not perform after a, was a 63 million price tag um, or something like that. Um, right back, gosh, I wish Reese James was healthy. Um I think Aspilicueta does great. I mean, he is just like, I think he just now passed Petr Cech for um, most Chelsea appearances, like closing in on 500. But uh, I I think he's still good in the offense. I think he's still great in the defense. He's just short, unfortunately. Um, In terms of midfield, um, I think, Kovacic, uh, just he offers us something different, but it just it's so frustrating when he has those games where he's just brilliant at cutting lines, dribbling through everyone, and then the next game he just dribbles into three people and gets ripped apart, and we're like on the counter, and then they score. Um, but in terms of uh, productivity, I think he can be a game changer on his day. Um, same with Jorginho. He's more of a kind of a safety net, in my opinion, um, where we kind of bring him on to keep possession um, against against those teams. Um, and who else? I do kind of want to backtrack something I said. Not really backtrack. So I was saying something about N'Golo Conte. He is definitely a starter in the midfield if he's healthy. And I still kind of hold firm to that. But maybe Connor Gallagher, real quick before you get back to what you're saying, would he be a good replacement for Conte in, like in a defensive sense? Or do you think he's he still has more development to go? And um, I did kind of forget about Kovacic. I do think Kovacic is good. Like you're saying, kind of the inconsistency. Like he'll do good one game, good the other. That's why I was kind of saying, like that one spot, that one open spot is up for grabs. Like Mason Mount's solidified, Jorginho at the moment is solidified, but there's, I feel like there's a lot of changing characters in that one spot. I feel like there's a couple good guys that can go in there, and uh, more recently, it's definitely been Kovacic that's kind of gotten the nod. But I wonder if like it's going to change soon. But what you were saying. 
Yeah, um, and I think Conor Gallagher is great. I really love his um, mentality and his um, humility and uh, his um, just workforce. Um, he He's incredibly good to bring on as a sub, um, in my opinion, just to, to rip tired legs apart. Um, and, of course, Conte, brilliant. Um on his day, his passing is not the best. Um, sometimes call him cinder block foot. I mean, you just can't tell. But um, I mean, his his presence is invaluable. It's priceless. Um, and uh, who else am I missing in the midfield? Um, maybe not anyone. But anyways, um, going on to right wing. Um, I do think Ziyech deserves it right now. I think the lack of crossing that we have without James, um, Ziyech, just, it, he needs to be in. Sterling, just his acceleration's good, but in, no, in recent games, he has just been dribbling into players, and then uh, every once in a while it'll work out. Most of the time it will not. Um and it's very frustrating to see. And then, of course, when it does work out, the commentators are like, "Oh my gosh! Oh my!" God. <laughs> you know, it's it's Sterling. You know, um, and then I think uh, Havertz has to be playing over Havertz is over Aubameyang, and he he's just he's technically so good. I don't think he has hit his stride yet in a Chelsea shirt. I hope. Um, I don't think we would get rid of him that quickly. Um, but in terms of a left wing, I do think Pulisic um, is one of those players that you need uh, to give him time and playing time um, in his position. <laughs> um, but I don't see... Uh, I don't see Pulisic performing well, you know, just as as a sub, as a super sub. Um, But when he comes in, uh, he's definitely a game changer. I mean, you saw during lockdown, I mean, he just went absolutely nuts. You know he has that potential to tear it up in the Premier League. He just hasn't gotten that consistency. And when you have wingers, um, when we had... Uh, you know, Werner and Havertz and Mount playing out wide last season um, as well, and then have Ziyech and Pulisic not getting time on the bench, and they're unhappy, and then they come on and do well, and they still don't get playing time, and then, you know, they're mad at the manager, and then the manager gets sacked and everything. So, um, But, yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. I think uh, he definitely, Pulisic definitely just needs playing time. And um, that'll help with the national team as well, hopefully, um, is getting his confidence back up to that. So in terms of Pulisic, if for some reason he goes back into that part of the game, part of the, the team rotation where he's not playing as consistently as he probably should to really develop like into a great player, do you think he should go on loan somewhere? And if so, where do you think he should go on loan? Like maybe uh, 
and Newcastle, maybe in a dip, maybe in a different, maybe in a Liverpool. I've seen rumors. I'm just saying, uh, I would love that. Um, but maybe even like in a different league, like maybe go to Leon. These these aren't rumors. It's just like random teams I'm listing off right now. But like maybe I don't want to see him go to Atletico Madrid. That place is not doing well right now. Or maybe like a like an Ajax. Ajax has been known to develop such like young talents. So like can't really say Van de Beek anymore. But like a Luke De or uh De Young or um yeah, Frankie De Young, players like that. Like where do you think if he were to go on loan somewhere, where do you think he should go? Yeah, um that's a good question. Um I'm thinking probably that he would be good I mean with him performing the way he is right now as a pretty much starter um, I think that he it's really hard to say because I don't want to take him away and put him out on loan if he's just if, you know if he's playing um, but if he's just sitting on the bench not doing anything not getting playing time um, I love that he wants to fight for his spot in a Chelsea shirt. Um, but at the same time, um, if I had to choose one place for him to go, um, it would be in the Premier League. I don't think there's any league better to develop, um, especially Chelsea talents. I mean, I mean, as I said earlier with you know, all his players of, of Ruben Loftus-Cheek at Fulham and Palace and um, Connor Gallagher and Broya, like, uh, honestly, like, you know, one of those mid-table teams, uh, not necessarily a, you know, relegation <laughs> uh, team, you know, mid-table hopefully would be nice. Uh, maybe, you know, like a Barkley bring life to uh, Aston Villa. Um, you know, trying to help them uh, bring up with um, Jalen Ramsey and uh, Leon Bailey, um, Crystal Palace, um, you know, I guess Zaha's already um, there with Eze. And, um, but I don't know. I think some, some mid-table team like that, um, honestly, right now, maybe an up-and-coming Brighton. Um, I wouldn't necessarily want to see him in Newcastle. I don't want him, you know, away from Chelsea. Um, but I don't really want to see him going to another league because I feel like that's going to be a drop of pace for where he should be at. Um, another league might get his confidence level up, but then ultimately he's still got to, you know, beat the best to be the best you know so um yeah i would i I would i would say somewhere like a mid-table in the premier league would be the best um maybe not this season southampton but um maybe southampton to bring to bring them up out of out of the relegation spot um maybe a fulham um, but i definitely don't want to see him to go to another big club uh or like back to Dortmund or anything like that um, but yeah, no, I think like a mid-table prim team would be great for Pulisic. 
I think we've missed a very obvious club right now. Leeds. Link up with Tyler Adams. Link up with Brendan Aronson. He's got an American manager backing him and Jesse Marsh. You know, under Jesse Marsh, he isn't getting out of that starting lineup. I don't care who's on that left wing. I think it pulls he might want to move there. Just like be with like his lads. But like I think that might be a good option for him because he's still playing the league, but he'll be surrounded by players that he trusts, that he knows, he'll have chemistry with them. And that might be a pretty good option. I dare say, I know you say you don't think he should go to a different league, but I'm going to throw Juventus out there. Not just because Weston McKinney is there, but Juventus have been struggling recently, and I think they are in the need of like new attacking options. I think that would be a good club for him to like kind of go into and give it his own kind of like style because the manager there Allegri is a very from what I've heard is I tr- I'm going to stick the players out there they need to play he doesn't really have tactics or formation or anything and I think that might be a really good club to like unlock his creativity um, so I'd be very curious to see him to go like to a club like that um, I can see your point about not wanting to go to like a Newcastle because they are at this point, I think they're number three. I don't know if they moved up to number two with their tie with Arsenal. They're number three right now. And obviously, you want to jump over them to get in the Champions League spot. Manchester United is looking good right now. They're they're in fourth. They're looking like they don't want to give up their Champions League spot. Liverpool is going to be competing to get their Champions League spot back. So you don't want Pulisic turning up to a club like that. But just kind of... Wrapping up in a little bit, what if you had to make a prediction for how you're going to finish the table after watching the first half of the season, the first game back in 2023, the first couple games, where do you think realistically or unrealistically that Chelsea are going to finish in the table? Or where you think, but where do you hope they can at least make it to? Um, honestly, right now, with the state of Chelsea, um, I'm hoping January is going to really turn things around uh, with with the window. Um, optimistically, fifth. Um, I, 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 with the talent that um, Arsenal and uh, I think Tottenham are kind of on the downward spiral right now. Um, but uh, Arsenal and Man City, I don't see anyone, you know, pushing that. I don't know how long this fairy tale Newcastle will go on because um, I really don't see it. I mean, you look at the players, they're good, but they're really just mainly playing defense and just going crazy on the counter um which can really i mean you saw with tottenham can only hold you for so long you know um yeah so yeah teams will learn how to play and um it eventually will uh you can frustrate as much as you want but eventually it's, it's it won't work um i see liverpool having really Almost an identical season as Chelsea right now. 
Um, they'll play good couple games, tie a couple games that they should have won, and then lose a couple games that they should have tied or won. Um, and so I think that's going to be a, a battle. I think I hate to say it. You know I hate to say it. But I think Man United will get top four. Um, but uh, best case scenario, I say fifth, unfortunately. Um, uh, best case scenario, fourth, obviously. Um, with If Liverpool just absolutely cannot get it together. And January is just amazing, I would say fourth. Um Worst, I don't see us just like consistently losing. Um, I would probably say worst case scenario, eleventh. Um, we're kind of on the same level as Brighton and Fulham right now, which is kind of embarrassing to say. Um, but I'm really hoping January the transfer window is going to turn stuff around. We're we're signing a lot of people, which we usually don't <laughs> um, in the January transfer window. Um, but hopefully that's going to turn things around for us um, pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think y'all would definitely finish at least top 10. Um, fifth, maybe. I think you're right. Y'all need, a good trans- y'all need a good transfer window. I think there's still some pieces that need to fit into the puzzle. Um, Defense-wise, y'all, y'all have gotten a lot of good defenders. I, I think y'all are settled there, but maybe a new, like, center mid option. It's not like y'all are horrible, but something that could cause, like, competition for players to work harder, but mainly just, like, offer something different. Like, the whole Enzo Fernandez, Fernandez thing, kind of what we were talking about earlier, I think that could be a very important signing for y'all, especially if he does well. If he kind of has the same kind of uh, work rate as he does for uh, um, Benfica, and especially for Argentina in the World Cup. So, curious to see how Chelsea do the rest of the season. Uh, I'm going to keep watching their games. Um, I think they have the potential to get top four. I think Graham Potter needs to find that consistency. I know one thing I want to point out is so the inconsistent thing that we've seen has happened at Man U before and it happened with our boy not my boy I hate him I don't hate him but he's a Man U player old Gunnar Solskjaer however you say his last name I have no idea Solskjaer there you go so one thing that a lot of people notice is that in the team sheet every week it seemed like there was something changed there was something different it wasn't working out and it would just keep changing, it would keep changing. And there was at least one span of time where everything got pretty consistent. And when consistency was in place within the team, where players were playing where they would normally play, or they were playing in similar positions with similar players around them, results started getting better because they started to build this chemistry between them. They knew how they were going to play. They were able to form tactics around the players that were going to be on the field, and that led to better results. And I think Graham Potter is really leaning towards this 4-3-3, which is always a very reliable position or formation, I should say. And I'm, I'm curious to see if he continues with that trend, if he stays with Pulisic Havertz, 
maybe throw Ziek in there. I think we've talked about it a few times. Ziek should be in there. I'm curious to see if Ziek does start starting. Uh, he'll start maybe improving results, but I do think Chelsea will at least get top 10. Um, five or four, definitely the peak. Liverpool, you're right. Same thing, not any better. We're we're heading for Conference League, Europa League. Um, but yeah, it should be a really interesting season, especially for our two clubs. But especially after Chelsea maybe signing Enzo Fernandez and these other big players, I'm curious to see, I don't know you are, how these new guys are going to transform the team. But uh, we're going to stop here, Will. Thank you for talking with me about Chelsea today. I think your insights were very valuable, especially since you've been a Chelsea fan most of your life. You really focus on the team. You watch every game. I, you know what you're talking about. So I think your opinion is very valuable. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Tyler. It's been great. Um, and uh, we'll continue to watch uh, the rest of the league, um, the rest of the season. And um, hopefully we'll be on again to uh, give more updates and hopefully our predictions uh, both for both of us will be correct in uh, having a relatively successful turnaround uh, towards the second half of the season. Also, if you enjoyed listening today, make sure you follow along. We'll keep giving updates. Will, he's going to, Mala Mill, he's going to keep coming on the pod. We're going to keep talking. We're going to keep analyzing our games, different teams, but we're not just going to talk about our teams. I'm sure we'll he'll come on and we're going to talk about other teams playing well. This isn't just limited to the Premier League. We're going to talk about all the big soccer news that's happening around the world. But thank you all so much for listening today, and I hope you all follow to listen for more.